ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George, assistant to the regional manager and our queen bee. Behind the glass, it is a Thursday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5 jam-packed edition of the Killer Bees this afternoon. Afternoon on a Thursday. Lee Sterling's going to give us winners at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And Todd Callis, TV voice of the Astros, will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And a lot going on at Minute Maid Park. Dusty Baker announcing his retirement today makes it official. The reports came out minutes after the final out of Game 7 of the ALCS. We saw the Nightingale piece yesterday that included quotes from Dusty Baker. Uh, the Astros held the press conference today. Dusty Baker officially retires. Congratulations on a Hall of Fame career, Dusty Baker. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look, there's people that obviously get caught in the moment, and and there's plenty that's been plenty to be said about you know the day-to-day. Dusty Baker did exactly what he was hired to do and more. Dusty Baker was the right guy for the right job at the right time, and he took this team to another World Series, and he kept this team winning. And, and, and they endured quite a bit on the road. Maybe we don't know all the ways that they had to get through it. But tip your cap to a, a Hall of Fame manager that came in and did the job and actually along the way got what he was looking for in a World Series title and, and did everything that he could to make sure that this this team didn't take a step back with everything they were going through. Yeah, I mean, he, he did his job. Uh, four seasons, all four seasons there in the ALCS. They won the division title three of those four years, went to the World Series twice, and won a World Series. Uh, a really good four-year span for Dusty Baker. That was the cherry on top of probably already was close to a Hall of Fame career, probably was a Hall of Fame career. So he'll be in the Hall of Fame in five seasons, assuming he doesn't take another managerial job, which I don't think that he will. Uh, fair to say, most decorated Astro manager of all time? Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. I mean, you know, it's him and Hinch, right? I think it's between those two. And we did this towards the end of the regular season. But I think with, you know, all the, you, you can look at him a variety of different ways, but you also think about the externals that he had to go through as well with the sideshow that was what baseball did and, and, the, and how everybody was going to react. And I think that, you know, with the amount of World Series that he got to and the American League championships that he got to and the things that he was able to do for this team, I, I think that he'll go down as the most decorated Astros manager of all time. Yeah, he's tied with uh, Hinch with the most World Series. Uh, been to one more? No, equal. Equal to the same amount of World Series as Hinch in terms of appearances, uh, but has the most playoff wins uh, in franchise history. I think he's the most decorated Houston Astro manager of all time. Now everybody turns to the search. Who's next? Plenty of time to digest that. Although I do think they're going to act quick. Uh, Crane was taught, was asked about it. You know, the, he kind of deferred a little bit. It's like, hey, look, today's about Dusty. We don't want to dive into the the minutia of the the process. But he did say that they're going to act fast. Like there's this is going to be something that I don't think they they sit around and wait for, which I think is necessary because you start to see some of the coaching movement around baseball now. Uh, I was seeing some guys that were let go. I've been I've seen some teams that have added like assistant hitting coaches and hitting coaches. So I, I do think that it's something that needs to happen. I don't expect this to drag on. I, I think it's going to be two, three weeks in the Astros, maybe even quicker than that. And the Astros have their manager. So I don't think that they're going to drag their feet. I think this is something that happens really fast. I think it needs to happen really fast, especially after they drag their feet last offseason with a general manager and let Crane and all the people that were in Crane's ear do whatever he wanted. Um, 
I don't think this is the case for, for the Astros, and I, I do think that Dusty's the most decorated Astro manager of all time. This is more of a general question. Do you think that managers should have their jerseys retired? I don't. I don't. I, I just think that, the, you know, the numbers, yeah, I know. I always thought it was kind of weird that the managers still had to wear a number. You know, and the NBA coaches don't wear numbers, and the NFL coaches don't wear numbers. If a manager in Major League Baseball is a manager and just wears a bullpen jacket or a pullover or a sweatshirt, then then so be it. I don't think that, you know, I, I think back even to the Rockets, Rudy T is different because he's a player, but like Carol Dawson, and they just retired a jersey that said CD on it, and he was the general manager. If you want to get to the point where you want to honor someone and put them in a ring of honor or honor them, I don't think necessarily you should have a jersey number, and I think jersey numbers are for the guys that wore that number while playing for your team. I'm not a fan of retiring jerseys, period. So I'm not a fan of, of managers having their jersey retired. But if you're an organization that does do that, like the Yankees have done that forever, um, and you have a manager that's far and away your best manager, I can understand they do that. And the Astros have numbers retired. They are an organization that retires numbers. Uh, Dusty being here only four years, to me, wouldn't qualify right. as having his jersey retired. The Astros have never retired a manager's number. Now, they retired Durker's number, but Durker was both a player, mm-hmm. Colt 45s, and then a manager as well. Uh, I don't think that I would retire Dusty's number. And personally, I'm anti-retiring numbers, period. I- I'm not a fan of retiring numbers. Put their name in the outfield right. and the rafters, kind of do like the ring of honor. Like uh, I like what the Texans are doing where this is our ring of honor, this is who's in our ring of honor, but we're not retiring jersey numbers. I, I always thought that that was kind of antiquated. Look not at the Yankees and the Celtics. Yankees don't have a single digit. I mean, eventually, over the course of time, well, you're going to have to start taking these numbers out of the rafters, and eventually, everybody's going to have to like do that if uh, if they are retiring numbers. Like the Celtics have almost, it seems like every number already accounted for. Yeah, it's just at a certain point, you know, you run out of digits, and it doesn't make sense, and that's why you go to the ring. I understand that, like in the case of the Texans, you you can have a ring of honor, and then if you don't want anybody to wear 99 because he's the the greatest Texan ever then you do that. You know, in, in Green Bay, the ring is, you know, and you have all these great players. If you just want to say, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop, the absolute top of the list, and you say, you know, Bart Starr and Favre or something like that, those two numbers. But just don't limit yourself. And, and, and over time, like I said, you're going to run out of numbers. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Someone texted 8437, Dusty was a player and coach to so just retire his player number with coach attached to that. He was never a player in Houston, though. No. Like it's the, it's the difference between he and Durker, where Durker played here and had some really good years and then was a manager through, in a, through a good period of time as well. And Durker was like Rudy. Same thing, you know, Very pl- played here, coached here, so you get it, you know, lifelong attached, attachment to the organization, so you get that. And it's a body of work over both player and coach or manager. That's fine. They should name the batter's eye, the new batter's eye that they have construction on this offseason. They should name that after Dusty Baker. Call it like Dusty's batter eye or Dusty's eye or Baker's eye. Uh, That's the way that you should honor Dusty because you got rid of Tal's Hill. They used to honor Tal Smith. How about you honor Dusty Baker with that batter's eye that you're going to renovate in center field this year? Toothpicks and wristbands. I was okay. going to say toothpicks, just like yeah. all throughout the ballpark. Yeah. Dusty Baker toothpicks. Yeah. When you walk in, they're giving away toothpicks. Is the, is <laughs> Someone the marketing an eye out that then he day. gets sued. I mean, if Bregman's got his Breggy Bomb salsa, then Dusty should have his own toothpick company because God knows he everybody makes fun of him for being the only manager in baseball that wears wristbands, and he also has his, na- his picture on him. 
But wristbands and toothpicks is when I think of Dusty Baker. Yeah. Uh, hopefully his toothpicks are better than Bregman's salsa. It's not very good. Lamont, Lamont's tweeting. I keep asking this question. Is Dusty Baker the only coach manager that didn't get fired in Houston? Uh, Texans, you know the answer there. Uh, the Texans have fired every coach that's been through there. The Astros, if you reverse engineer it, okay, you have Dusty. A.J. Hinch got fired in the sign-stealing scandal. Uh, you had like an interim coach. You had Cecil Cooper in there. Yeah. Phil Garner was fired once upon a time. Uh, Bo Porter was fired after Phil Garner. I, I can't Durker. Durker didn't retire, right? Durker was fired. I think Durker was fired. I don't think that he retired. I can't think of a manager. It's probably happened in the history of the Astros, but one doesn't jump out to me. Rockets, if you reverse engineer it, Silas was fired. Uh, who was before Silas? You had Bickerstaff, but that was an interim Interim thing. from McHale, who was fired. McHale, who was fired. Adelman Rudy walked T. away. Rudy T. left. Rudy T. walked away, and Adelman walked away. Adelman because remember, they wanted to talk to him about an extension or a one-year deal, and he said, no, I'm good. Yeah, and Rudy T, did he have a, he had a gap year, though, before he was the coach of the Lakers, yeah. right? Yeah, he had, he had health concerns. I mean, so he didn't, re, he didn't, uh, he didn't he, get he fired. Stepped he stepped away, yeah. and then a year later, yep. he resurfaced with the Lakers. Did he, did he make it the full year with the Lakers that year? I don't no. remember no, him no, making no, 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 it the no, no, full because year. Because remember, Kobe got hurt. Yeah. But then Kobe, and if you, depending on who you talk to and the people that I talked to said, Kobe from home at halftime had the equipment guy put his, cell phone on speaker and was like trying to overstep Rudy and coach during the and Rudy's like I'm not doing all this yeah I remember and, and Rudy, Rudy just stepped away really unhappy I yeah. remember that situation not being great like Rudy was never a good fit in LA like he he's not an LA type of dude uh, according to Wikipedia Larry Darker was not fired okay so he, he stepped resigned. away too eh, I mean tomato tomato right Which occurred under direct urging by Astros owner Drayton McLean so that's pretty much a firing. Yeah. That's like James Click was yeah. fired. You know, he was given a one-year contract, which I mean was just a little token contract. Tony wouldn't have technically been fired either, then, right? Because they tried to offer him another deal, and he said no. Yeah, yeah, because he just walked away. Yeah, yeah. So I guess there has been several, uh, several in, in Houston, but has one ever retired? Like, <laughs> like has one ever just been like, you know what? I've had a good run here. I'm going to retire. I think that it might just be dusty, at least in recent memory. Jimmy Williams was fired. Jimmy Williams, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he was fired. I'm just thinking of older guys. Yeah, he was. Uh, he didn't have great success here. No, he was like crotchety, middling. Too, right? Maybe, maybe Garner. Nah, Garner was fired. I, yeah, I, I think Garner, Garner was too. fired mid year. Maybe the first time. No, he was fired after that one too. Yeah, he, Lamont might be onto something there uh, with the the managers or coaches in Houston that uh, that have retired. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN five one five five. D'Antoni didn't get fired. Eight four three seven. Right, Dusty wasn't uh, also wasn't coach only for the Astros. So whichever organization wants to retire his number gets both tied to it. You're not going to retire a coach's number and then be like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna remember and honor your playing days if you never played for that organization. I'm not sure that Dusty ever managed a team where he played because he he played, he played with the Dodgers, o- played in Oakland. He didn't manage Dodgers. No, nope. didn't manage the Dodgers. D- he. Did not play in San Francisco, I don't believe. I don't believe he played in San Francisco. He played with the Braves. Didn't play remember, for the he Cubs. was on deck when Henry Aaron hit right. the home run. Created the high five there. Yeah, so he played, so for, he played the- for the Braves. Oh, he, did. he played one year with the Giants yes. in 84. So okay. if anybody's going to honor go. him, as a, there's only one team that can honor him as a player and a coach, and that would be the Giants, and I doubt that they do. I don't think that they yeah, would. I don't not for one year. I, I don't think well, yeah. And for you know, even a combo platter, I don't think that was enough. He managed there for a long time. Um, he also didn't win anything. He also there. got into a fight with Ozzy Smith whenever Will Clark broke up a double play. He got to the World Series. Yeah, we lost to the Angels. You typically don't retire numbers from no. people that got close to winning. Any case at all that Dusty Baker should have his number retired at Minute Maid Park. I don't think so. 
Anybody. You think he should. If he's the best manager. Most decorated. If he's the most decorated manager in franchise history, there's an argument for it at least. 713-780-3776. Can you make a case that Dusty Baker should have his number retired at Minute Maid Park? There's never technically, I mean, Durker was a manager. Durker's yeah. the only one, but Durker was also a player. Right. So the Astros have retired a former manager's number. But would they have retired Durker's number if he didn't play here? I don't think that that, that they would have. So I think, it, yeah, of the two, Durker gets, would get all the love and the, the consideration as a player. Yeah, seven. He, as he was a young phenom. He, he was very good. Yeah, he was really good. Colt 45 days. 713-780-3776. Should the Astros put Dusty Baker's number in the rafters? Should they retire Dusty's number as the most decorated manager in Astro history? You know, my memory of of all the things, but my memory of Dusty managing the Giants is when his son got in the way of the play at the plate and was a J.T. Snow had to yep. yank him out of the fray. Pretty sure that was in the World Series. Yeah. If it wasn't in the World Series, right. it was in the NLCS. It was, yeah, but it was it in was, the playoffs. It was NLCS or World Series. Yeah, it was one of those two. Um, I mean, Dusty did some good things in San Francisco, no doubt about it. He yeah. also had the greatest baseball player of all time on his team in Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds on steroids, best player ever. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. Todd Call is going to join us at the top of the hour. A very special guest at 415, too. We're going to we're going to save you a bunch of money on car wrecks, which is something that you have to have. We've been talking about our car wreck of the day for a long time. Well, the man behind the car wreck of the day will join us later in the show. It's Bad Take Boulevard Day. Who made the list this week? Joe got off the hook. Joe didn't make a Bad Take Boulevard today. And Lee Sterling's going to hand you some winners at 5 o'clock as well. A 12 names that have been mentioned for this Astros manager job and, and maybe a few extra as well. Uh, over a dozen names have, have been mentioned in this Astros manager search. 713-780-3776. Yay or nay on these names. We're on the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. He's at Joe George Radio on Twitter. I'm Jeremy Branham on Twitter. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I like a good drink. Every day. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all in the rotation for me. And Gentleman Spirits does it all, and they do it better than anyone else. How? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology. It eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentleman is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in Gentleman, including undesirable acids. Who wants that? These acids take the enjoyment out of your drinks. Well, Gentleman gets rid of the undesirable acids so you can enjoy the best quality spirits on the market. Try a sip of Gentleman vodka, gin, straight bourbon, or cast strength bourbon. Compare it to whatever you drink and you will never go back. I've been a Gentleman man ever since I had that first sip because you get all the flavor and none of the burn. It's so smooth, so clean. Eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look for Gentleman at the liquor store on your way home today ask for it the next time you're at your favorite restaurant your favorite bar head to the gentle bin tasting room stop by ben's bar at the toyota center and get some gentle bin on the way to your seats also head over to gentlebin.com and order gentle bin straight from the website yeah just a few weeks into this you can order gentle bin straight from the website gentlebin.com add whatever you want into your cart and they'll have it delivered straight to your door gentle bin period All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
He's blank on Brandon. I'm 8437. I really don't care if Dusty gets put up on the retirement wall for the Astros. I really I don't care about any player uh, being up on the retirement wall. Uh, memories more than numbers on the, the wall. He did it great here for the team, but it was only for four years. Plus, he inherited a team that was ready to win. Not saying they would have won without him. Just don't think it should be the Astros to retire his number or jersey or whatever. Uh, 0823, if the Astros retire Dusty's number, do they have to retire Maldonado's number right under his? That's a good point. Who's going to see the game through? Who's going to see that Dusty Baker's number is up on the wall forever? Maldonado can do that. He can he can control that. He can control a game. Uh, 7218, case can be made for Dusty. He gave the Astros back credibility, credibility after a stupid scandal. That's fair. Do we think that another manager wouldn't have, though? Uh, I, I would. I don't think it's just that, that cut-and-dried slam dunk. Obviously, the roster was ready to continue winning, but... Again, we we don't know exactly all of what they had to endure. We knew that there was a lot early. Um, I think that, you know. What what do you think that they had to endure that we don't know? I just think, you know, to the level of how many, you know, from how much they were taken from the fans and the media and the constant circus that every time you went into another town for the first time, that the media was going to, you know, continue to to pelt you with questions and bring. I, I think we do know things. that, though. Like we we know that what it sounded like in visiting ballparks. We know we could listen to the press conferences. Like I don't know if what was hidden, like unless they were being treated bad, like in the hotels or like walking. Well, I'm to the sure team it was bus. everywhere they went. But my, you know, is there a carryover? Does it get to players? And then how the manager relates to the players and you know can communicate with the players and if they're struggling, you know. Instead of being more of a dictator, do you have that relationship? Do you work with the players to talk them through whatever they're going through on the road? I just thought, you know, I just think that it was a, a tougher time than any other team had to go through. I, I think that there are certain managers that are better fit for that than others. And Dusty's background obviously told you that, that you know, and he's a player's manager. He can get you through it, and he did a hell of a job doing it. 60-30, I've mentioned this a few times today. No one wants to comment about it. <laughs> Would Mark DeRosa not be a great replacement? Am I missing something? We really don't know Mark DeRosa too much as a manager. He managed the the USA and the WBC, which is a glorified exhibition. Like I have no idea how Mark DeRosa would be as a manager. I, I don't know. Maybe he'd be great. Maybe he wouldn't be great. I think he'd be entertaining because he's pretty good on television. I, I like his personality. I like Obviously, he has a lot of experience as an ex-player. He knows the game. Uh, but you always worry about a guy doing the job full-time for the first time. And you're right. The WBC is not something that you're going to put on your resume that warrants being a manager immediately in Major League Baseball. I like his energy. I like he's got kind of a, a, a nice modern feel for the game, but still understands old school. But I think that he understands the game very well the way today's baseball's played. I just don't think that you go get a guy like that for a guy for a team that's this good and trying to continue to win because he's going to make some mistakes on the job, and it, and I don't think you're in a position to, to go through that. Yeah, I don't know if I hate the DeRosa hire. It's just he doesn't really know the grind of being a coach in Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's he's lived the, the experience as a player. I think it's a little different as a coach. He's never been a coach, period, for a Major League Baseball team, as far as I know. Like I think he went straight into television, uh, and much less a manager. Uh, there were some names mentioned in The Athletic today by Chandler Rum. Let's just rapid fire these, yay or nay. Twelve managers mentioned as possibilities for the Houston Astros' managerial job. There's some other names mentioned by McTaggart. We'll get to those, too. Uh, for, and these are alphabetical order, I think. Brad Ausmus, yay or nay? Um, more so because of the what it means, I would be nay on Brad Osmus. I know he knows the game. I know he's had experience with analytics and as a GM, you know, uh, working in the front office as well as as a manager. Um, I just, 
I, I wouldn't be excited about Brad Ausmus as the manager of the Astros. To me, it's more the symbolism than the actual like reputation and the record. Like the record, whatever he, he whatever he did in Detroit Angels, they weren't a great roster. But it's, it would look like they have their puppet in the dugout because they, being Crane and who's Baggies, in Crane's ear, Bagwell, yep. they try to hire Ausmus as the general manager instead. Went to Dana Brown. Uh, I, I don't hate the idea of Ausmus. I hate the idea of Ausmus because of what the front office looks like, and the front office might be in disarray if that's what they do. Craig Council. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Brad Osmus. Nay to both. Native, okay, Craig Council, you already answered that one. I'm yay on Council, but I, I think he's a Met. I, I think he's already a Met. I've been underwhelmed in a lot of ways with Craig Council over the years in Milwaukee. I know that he's uh, he was a bit strapped by the fact that, you know, mid-market team didn't want to spend a lot of money when, you know, similar to what we talked about in the past with Rays and other teams, when players get good, they get rid of them. And so it's tough to, you know, have sustained winning. I'm just not a big fan, and I think you and I both have said, you know, the, it just makes too much sense. There's too much synergy with, with him going to the Mets. I don't think he's going to be there to, to, for the Astros to try and hire. Yay or nay, Joe Espada? I'm going to yay Joe Espada simply because if there's one guy that can keep this thing going because of the fact that he's been through everything with them, that he doesn't have to start, you know, try to build relationships and do things starting from scratch. I think that a majority of the clubhouse would be very accepting to Joe Espada. I'm yay, yay. on Espada, and I'm cool with another year of continuity as well. So I'd be, I mean, things are going pretty well. I'm yay on Espada. Mark Kotze, first time I've seen this one mentioned, Oakland A's manager. He doesn't do enough for me. I mean, uh, granted, he's dealing with nothing in Oakland and trying to make chicken salad out of you-know-what, but uh, Mark Kotze doesn't scream manager of the Houston Astros and a guy that's ready and prepared and can take this team to, you know, high levels, I'm out. I'd be okay on Mark Kotze. I'd be yay on this. Like, we've seen managers that leave Oakland for greener pastures that turn out to be really good managers. And also, like, imagine the resources you have in Oakland and then getting to Houston and having those resources is like, oh, man, so thankful, so appreciative of the job. I'd be yay on Kotze. I mean, yay. They play really good baseball down the stretch. They might not have won a lot of games, but Dusty Baker and the players said themselves, like, they knew the A's were – Playing hard, playing well, so I'm a yay on him. Rodney Linares, who is a uh, he's w- was with the Astros for years, minor league instructor, managed throughout the minor leagues with the Astros, and then left to Tampa Bay and has been Kevin Cash's bench coach. Uh, you know what? I don't know enough about him. Um, I'm looking for someone that, to me, and I don't know the relationships that he has was in the clubhouse, so I don't know if that's going to be something where those can, can carry on and he has enough of them to where there's players that are going to feel really good about him uh, taking over the job. I just think going from Dusty Baker to uh, a Rodney Linares, I, I just I don't know that, that that's going to move the needle either, and I don't think that they're going to be in on that. Uh, I'd be, I'm yay on this because he's going to have to blow people away to win the interview process, and they know him. Like He was here through 2018, so he knows a lot of these players that are, that are here in this organization. So I'd be yay on that ultimately if that's the decision. What's his name? Ro- I think it's Linares. <laughs> Who's that? Rodney. Rodney nay. Linares. I'm a nay. You need cachet for the manager. I huh? don't know his name. I don't know who he is. Somehow. Omar Lopez. Yay. I'm a yay as well. I think Omar Lopez is just, you know, it would be C, Joe Espada, just not to the level of bench coach, but you got a guy that knows the locker room that a lot of guys seem to like, uh, that seems to understand and be a baseball lifer, and I, I think you'd do a lot worse, so I would be in. I didn't realize he'd been in the uh, the Astros system for, like, ever. Uh, he's been there for Not a really, really long time. Uh, I, I'd be – this one would be kind of surprising to me. 
honestly, because it's like you have Espada, you know, Cintron's even been a name that's been thrown out there as well. I, I would be surprised if they go with the first base coach to take over the job and not an Espada. Uh, but I like I like Omar Lopez, so I'll go yay on this one as well. Yeah, I'm a yay. I think I think it makes sense if if that's what if you feel like he's the better fit of your options internally, then go for it. Joe Madden out. No, no, thank you. Oh, I mean, especially if they said they were going younger. I don't know what the if there's an age difference and what it is between Madden and Dusty. But I mean, talk about a recycled manager. I, I just, I'm not. I've never been a fan of the you know how crazy Joe Madden can be when managing. Obviously, when he he was in Tampa, he had a lot of success. He's had success throughout his career. I just, I'm not a fan, and I don't think he would be the right fit for this locker room. So was that a nay? Nay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a yay on Madden. Really? Uh, I used to love Joe Madden whenever he was at Tampa. Now, the Angel stuff, I didn't love that, but is that because there's other stuff going on? I'd be very intrigued with Joe Madden. I'm going to give that a yay. So it's a nay for me because after he got fired by the Angels, he wrote his book, went on mm-hmm. all these radio interviews, and talked about how he basically got fired because he wasn't analytically driven. Yeah. It reminds me of Jeff Bagwell when he got in trouble for saying that the Astros were too analytical. So like if you hire Joe Madden, like they're moving farther but away. It, but that's like the opposite of what Joe Madden used to be. Like Joe Madden was on like the forefront of analytics well, in Tampa. It's like I guess it's like he, as long as Dana Brown doesn't call down to the clubhouse, it'll be fine. But personally, I think Joe Madden like is a little overrated. Yeah, I do think he's a little overrated. I think he is too old. The Blankers point. I don't, I don't think they'll five even... years younger than Dusty. I, yeah, they want to go young. They want to go younger. Don Madden say how much younger? Um, you know what? Donnie Baseball did a nice job in Miami. Yeah, obviously he was a Jeter pick. Uh, but he knows the game. He's been around the game forever. Uh, I, I would be fine with Don Maddenly as the next manager of the Houston Astros. I'm on a, a nay on Mattingly. I'm a nay. I'm more wise than Maddenly. I think he's not very good. I think he's older. I, I for some reason I don't think he's like a huge analytical guy, which I want a little bit more analytics. Buck Showalter. Uh, you know I'm out. Nay. Actually, nay. I want yay for the for the for the drama and for the strife between the show. But I think he's too old. A yeah, Will yeah. Venable, who's the Texas Rangers associate manager, who's very, very young, but apparently like a hot shot in the coaching business. Uh, He's coming from the Rangers. Nay. I'm a yay on this one. I, I, I want a hot shot, young up-and-comer, still one from a division rival, and then go haunt that division rival forever. Yay on Venable. Where are you at on this one, Joe? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm a yay. Couple of Braves guys. Walt Weiss? Nope. I'm a huge nay on him because he robbed Tony Eusebio, and I do not forget that. I'm a yay. Okay, Eric Young Sr. Nope. He's nay. ripped. I'm a, I'm a yay on Eric Young Sr. because he's jacked. And <laughs> he's got I think, a very high-pitched voice. I think he's going to take care of business. Like, a jack guy like that, it means you're you're committed to your craft. Give me Eric Young Sr. Sure. Sr. Here are a couple of ones. That was from Chandler Roman, The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bannister. You like that guy because he's a coog. Uh, look, go he's coach. got experience. Yay, super yay. He's a he, former AL manager of the year. He's got experience. He's and, a bench coach for a team in the World Series. I think he knows a lot about this team. I'd be fine with that. He's interviewed twice. He interviewed when Hinch got the job. He interviewed when Dusty got the job. I'm a yay on this one big time. He's a bench coach for a team that's in the World Series, former manager of the year, and yes, go Cougs. I'm good with it. Yeah. And then Andy Green, the last one, former Padre uh, manager. Oh. Hey, I'm nay on that one too. They seem like they wanted to get rid of Andy Green quickly. And if somebody, if San Diego wants to get rid of Andy Green quickly, I don't want Andy Green in Houston. I'm going to pass because the Cubs are a disaster. Isn't he the bench coach? Oh, is he the bench coach for uh, Ross? I didn't know that. I thought he was. I, he, you're probably right. You know the Cubs better than we do. I just know Andy Green from his days Joe, in San Diego. Since you are the Cub guy, Derosa, uh, did, did you say? Oh, I, I said Derosa the day after. I know, but I'm, you're you, I'm pro Derosa. You're pro Derosa. I think Derosa would be cool. I think it'd be like I'm, I'm worth the outside the box. Like, I, I would rather one of those guys, like a, a DeRosa, than go to the Joe Madden, these guys who have 
washed up, who have failed in multiple places and haven't succeeded in so long. Like Joe Madden hasn't had success mm-hmm. since 2017. Mark DeRosa's never had success. I know, but I think there's a better chance that he would gain success than Joe Madden find it again. It, it feels to me, and I know there's different sports where we get into this, but it feels like the first thing that you have to say after Mark DeRosa, if he gets the job, is you better have a hell of a, uh, an experienced bench bench coach. Yeah, I would, I would think to so. To kind of walk him through the, the trials and tribulations. Yeah, for sure. 713-780-3776. Any of those names interest you? Any of the names that we didn't mention that interest you? 713-780-3776. One thing that Dusty said today, is this the last time we're in Dusty We Trusty? He was asked about all the greats that he's had. He mentioned that Jeremy Pena is going to be great. Is Dusty right? And Dusty, we trust you one final time. Is Jeremy Pena going to be great? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, before we go to the break, talk a little bit about Apollo Men's Health. Look, you got Halloween around the corner, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. The holidays don't make things get easier. It gets tougher. There's more to do, more responsibilities. You got people coming to the house or you're going to different places. You need more energy. You need to take better care of yourself. You know, you keep telling yourself that. You just don't know where to start. Well, where I would tell you to start is Apollo Apollo Men's Health. All you got to do is go to ApolloMH.com and see all the services they offer from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. If you're suffering, if you're not doing the things the way you used to and you don't think there's any way to kind of get back in in your heyday, there is. Apollo Men's Health is here to help. Go to ApolloMH.com. Set up your first appointment. When you go in, they're going to ask you questions, ask you where you're falling short, what's bothering you. Be honest with them. Tell them what you'd like to try and get back to doing and how you'd like to do it. They'll put you on a plan that works. They'll get you the results you need. It can be everything from getting more energy on a daily basis, like B12 shots and all the different ways that they have hormone therapy for men and women and all the ways that you can learn how to either have it administered or administer it yourself. From the gym perspective, you can find out ways to recover quicker, or uh, maybe you want to chart your progress because there's times where you don't feel like you're making gains, but then when you look at a full body composition analysis and you know your body fat went down, your muscle mass went up, the important numbers are making sense, you feel better about yourself. To all the ways you can lose weight, including new FDA-approved semi-glutide, where you can lose up to six pounds every week and you're not working out at all. Lots of different options for lots of different problems, but the process starts when you reach out to them. Three locations to better serve you in your downtown Houston. Go to ApolloMH.com, mention my name, get a free B12 shot or a free body composition analysis, but see them to feel better on a daily basis. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Joe George behind the glass. Todd Callis will join us at 4 o'clock. 713-780-ESPN-7816. Kevin Cash for manager. Pretty sure he's locked in with the Rays. Rays would have to allow him to leave. Don't think the Rays would allow him to leave. Um, I mean, I'm pro Kevin Cash. I'm not so sure... I don't think that you would love it. Like, I'm not trying to talk for you, but are you cool with uh, your ace going two times through the lineup and being pulled in the fifth inning? I think it's more would the ace be cool being pulled out. I mean, I think maybe a lot of it is maybe, and I don't know this, but maybe a lot of it is the product of being in the race system and how they overly, overly get analytical on things. And maybe there's a, a kind of a happy medium when you get, you know, the roster and everything that you have here. Not that the race have been bad, but maybe there's a different philosophy or there's kind of a way to find a, a meet in the middle. I think he knows the game very, very well. I think that he's obviously been, 
like over the top analytical, but I think he might be a good fit here. Yeah, he's uh he, he definitely listens to the front office with the analytics that they have. He's super analytical, which I, I think would rub people the wrong way. Uh, five one zero five. I heard rumors that the Astros looking at the batting coach uh, Snitker for manager. I, I don't know if y'all have talked about that. I haven't heard his name come up. I haven't either. Very fiery son of uh, the other Snitker in Atlanta. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how he'd be as a, as a manager. It seems like the Astros have a lot of options in that dugout, and a couple names might not be very happy if any of the other guys. Uh, I think the Lopez jump. and, and uh, Espada are the two guys uh, on this year's coaching staff that would be getting serious consideration. I've heard Cintron, too. I'm uh, not a, it's a name that's, that I've heard. Cintron, I don't know. I, I, I just It rubbed me the wrong way when he was, he was you know getting into it, picking fights on the field, verbal you know, getting in verbal spats and stuff like that. But... You know, if he's loved in the dugout, good. Maybe he gets an interview. I just don't, like I said, I think it's either Lopez or or a spot if you're taking a coach off this year's team. You might be the only person that didn't like him yelling at Ramon Lariano. I just think he went too far. I, I think he went too far and got tossed and, yeah. and, and made a scene of himself. <laughs> 713-780-ESPN. Somewhere on the Twitch saying uh, um, Chandler Rome got dusty fired. There's been that conversation. Poncho said Chandler's a team record. Don't listen to that guy. Um, Dusty was asked about when he came to a decision to retire. Listen to his answer. Well, I started this winter thinking about it. And then there were a couple instances, a couple articles, a couple of things that, that kind of made up my mind, you know, in late summer. And, uh, but, you know, that didn't not have anything uh, to do with tarnishing my job or anything like that because I wanted to win, you know, the pennant and then leave, you know what I mean? Or And the same thing happened in San Francisco. I, I knew I was leaving in San Francisco, so I wanted to win, you know, and go out the door. But sometimes your plan and and life's plans are two different things. But All right, so that know, was, that was Dusty talking about how there were, he thought about it in the winter, and some articles in the summer like cemented it. it. Was like the nail in the coffin. He was also asked later in the presser, "Have you felt mistreated by the media people in Houston?" Dusty said, "Somewhat." So, eh, not a surprise that he was sensitive to the media. Like he would snap back. He would he would have moments where he would go at them, which I don't blame Dusty for that at all. Um, I I was surprised to hear that I started thinking about it in the winter, and then my decision was cemented in the summer. Because of some articles that came out, I was I was shocked to hear him say that. If you're Chandler, you got to kind of pause for a second and realize that that was probably even if it wasn't completely, but partially directed at him. And you know, if you're Dusty, you got to believe that. Look, your resume speaks for itself. You've been through enough. You know, everybody knows how much baseball you know. But this is the way everything happens today. And you know, he didn't like the way the me- today's media is and the way that they treated him. So be it. He's fair. He's you know, he's he can have his own opinion. But I think Chandler Rome, as much no. as I know people, he gets a lot of hate and people hate him. But a lot, I give him a lot of credit because he last, asks a lot of questions that a lot of other people or maybe no other people in this market would ask uh, and, and, and ask tougher questions than we've seen a lot of the media members in this town ask. I just yeah. don't understand how it's that's it's not the media. Like if someone from Ch- if Chas McCormick or Chas McCormick's camp go to Chandler Rome and say, that there's people unhappy with Chaz McCormick's playing time. Like, that's not 
a media-driven thing. No, he's kind of reporting it. Like you're just reporting yeah. what is happening in the clubhouse. See, I think the dust. I think like people are looking at this quote from Dusty and are like, "Oh, Dusty retired because of Chandler Rome's articles or he, media's articles." I don't think it was that. I think he maybe I lost think, the clubhouse. I think he might. I think that's what it is. Or or he didn't love the fact that he had rats in his clubhouse. Yep. That he had people in his clubhouse in his organization that were going behind his back and telling a reporter something that he wanted to keep in the clubhouse in the organization. I don't think it was what was written. I think it was the fact that he had inside sources, Chandler did, other people did, and they were like not looking out for the best interest in Dusty. I think that hurt Dusty's feelings, honestly. Yeah, and, the, and there's stuff. There was all year. Dana Brown was like being like reports about Dana Brown being unhappy with playing time of Yiner Diaz over Maldonado. Like there has been more stuff this year about internal strife within the decisions that Dusty Baker are making than the other four years or the other three years combined. Yeah, I think it was the eternal internal stuff more than like any stu- silly article. And Dusty even mentioned like the articles didn't affect his decision, wanted to win, blah, 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 as we heard, as we heard because we played the actual audio from Dusty's mouse. Uh, Dusty was also asked about like the greatest players you've managed. And Barry Bonds came up. He, of course, mentioned Altuve, Jordan. Dusty brought up Jeremy Pena. Without anybody asking, he said he wasn't great, but he's on the way to being great. He said he's going to be great. Do you believe, Dusty, that Jeremy Pena is going to be great? I, I, I don't right now. I don't. I, that's why I've been hesitant to say, and I wanted to see more before locking him up long term at, at a big amount of money. Well, it was never going to be a big amount of money. I don't, never yeah, I don't be, know that. It was never going to be Wander Franco money. He's never, Jerry Pena was never this, like this, the prospect and the star of a Wander Franco. In fact, I would, I would still lock up Jeremy Pena. I'd sign him. How old is he? 25? He's got four years of club control. I'd sign Jeremy Pena to his six year deal right now at $10 million a year. Okay. That's different than my my way of thinking, which is I'm not going to lock him up for a, a long time for a lot of money. I don't think a lot of money was ever in the equation for Jeremy Pena, though. Okay, that's your opinion. No, I, I don't think, know, I think but it's I'm everybody's saying, opinion. I, I I think that you know, coming off the World Series and the and the League Championship MVPs, there were people propping him up on a pedestal to be you know to the level of Correa or better or whatever. And by the time his career is over, and and there was still a lot to be seen. And now because of the way he did not perform in the playoffs. And he had a decent regular season, and we know he can play defensively, but he can't, he struggles mightily with breaking pitches and and, the, and getting a, a true you know solid concept of the strike zone in some cases. And I think there's a lot more to be seen of Jeremy Pena before you you know you go ahead and start talking about how great he can be. I'm happy he's with the Astros. I'm not trying to make a change at shortstop, but I don't know that I would associate Jeremy Pena in great right now. No, I wouldn't. I think great's too strong, uh, and, and even like being great at some point. I do get triggered with the the hate that Jeremy Pena has been getting recently because I think Jeremy Pena is already a really good shortstop in baseball. Can he hit better? Yes, he could hit better. Uh, could he hit for some more power than what he show, showed since July 5th? Yes. Uh, could he strike out less? Yes. But we've seen some Jeremy, some really good offense from Jeremy Pena, whether it was getting hot last postseason or the second half of the, city, the, the season having over a 300 batting average and, and getting on base over 37% of the time. We've seen some good offensively from Jeremy Pena. Mostly it's been below average. Average, but then a shortstop is also a 
like it's a premium defensive position. That's glove before bat. And I think Jeremy Pena's glove there is is excellent. I think that it's really, really good. So I'm I'm still very high on Jeremy Pena. The word great is kind of silly here, especially when you're mentioning it along the names of Bonds, Altuve, Jordan. I think that's ridiculous, egregious, outrageous. But I do think that Jeremy Pena is getting a lot more like disdain and hate in the city than Jeremy Pena deserves. No, no, I, I, th- I was going to ask you because you, you and I are both on the same page. Look, we both believe this kid's extremely, extremely talented defensively. He's a damn good shortstop. Mm-hmm. Now, from an offensive perspective, and you mentioned it with the power, do you feel like, because I, I had the feeling that either someone was working with him, Cintron or whatever, but there was a change in philosophy where he tried, he, he, he went away from trying to really get the big swings and try and, and try and hit for power and made more of a conscious effort to try and look to take those breaking pitches the other way or try to you know shorten up a little bit and try to get base hits. And with that, we saw more success. We saw him getting on base more, more multi-hit games. It looked like he was resurrecting his offense because of that, th- that decision. If that was true, I'm fine with that. I know that he does have the pop, mm-hmm. but in this lineup with the amount of big bats you have, I'd be fine with him continuing that philosophy. Yeah, I'd like a, a hybrid between the two. Like I want him, I want him to hit... 15, 20 homers, hit 280, get on base 33% of the time. And then with his glove, I mean, that's a really high-level mm-hmm. shortstop around baseball. I think he's going to get to that point. It's why I'd be interested in signing him to, you know, buy out a couple of years of his free agency years. Not Nothing crazy, nothing crazy. Uh, Dustin on the Twitter, I think Dusty felt disrespected more than his feelings be, being hurt. Uh, I... A grown man being disrespected would say F this to anything. That's probably a better way of putting it than I did, Dustin. I, I would agree with that. Felt disrespected by uh, the leaks in the clubhouse but in the summer. Isn't it more of a compliment that in years past they didn't have what a lot of teams have? Because this is kind of the everyday sports business these days. Guys go to the, the media all the time. They're yeah. constantly you know, I, using it as a, as a tool. I think, I think Dusty might have felt disrespected, though, because it was like, front office or maybe even coaches on his staff as opposed okay. to Chaz McCormick's brother. Uh, 713-780-3776. Speaking of coaches and assistant coaches, uh, Bobby Slowick, I'm starting to see some head coaching buzz when it comes to Slug. Maybe a hot candidate on the coaching carousel in the NFL offseason. How do you feel about that from a Texans perspective? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. I know if you're a homeowner, from a homeowner perspective, you're getting sick and tired of these insurance rates. They're stupid. 30, 40, 50%, even higher increases. We, we hate it. It's terrible. How do you stop this, though? Well, grab your phone right now because I'm about to to help you out and you're about to text tgs insurance agency tgs is the fastest growing agency in texas because they make saving you money fast and easy it's what i want to hear their instant quoting systems will shop the market for you so you don't have to and delivers you a proposal in 15 seconds you text they send you a proposal in 15 seconds you save money it's easy it's fast it's great you can't afford to wait any longer the time to save is right now so take the phone and text the word money m o n e y to 232323 no risk all reward the tgs system will ask for your address just send that back you'll get your proposal with excellent coverage within 15 seconds it's easy tgs is winning for people everywhere up the coast to the woodlands from katy to cypress all the way to beaumont tgs customers save Big. Over 35,000 of your neighbors in the area trust TGS. Thousands of five-star reviews, so you know you can trust them, too. It's simple. It's fast. It's easy. Big savings. All reward. No risk. That's why TGS is the gold standard. Don't be left paying more. Get your savings right now. All you have to do is text MONEY to 232323, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232323. 
Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, Texans play a football game on Sunday. An intriguing matchup was the number one pick of the draft, Bryce Young, Goes up against the number three pick of the draft in Will Anderson as they go toe-to-toe. Oh, C.J. Stroud's in the mix, too. Uh, a lot of people are loving what one Texans in general are doing. Their coaching staff, D'Amico Ryan's leading the charge, are doing. Um, but also, Bobby Slowick is a name that is catching a lot of eyes. And we, we kind of talked about this in the offseason where, you know, if you bring in an offense coordinator and he has success, some other guy's going to want him. And, okay, cool. That's a good problem to have. I'd rather have a coach that's being hired as a – I'd rather have a coordinator that's being hired as an NFL head coach than a coordinator that you're trying to fire. But Bobby Slowick's name has already started to come up amongst the conversations of potential head coaching hires in this coming offseason. Uh, Dan Graziano, Jeremy Fowler, worked for ESPN. They were talking about which coordinators have improved their stock to where they're going to be on you know, on the market. They're, they're going to be on the table for some of these teams to hire. Graziano, deep cut here. It's probably too early for first-year Texans OC Bobby Slowick to get serious looks, but teams don't mind talking to young offensive minds, and it's impossible to look at what Houston has done and not be impressed. Jeremy Fowler, Slowick has impressed in short order. He might be a year away, but definitely looks poised to become a strong candidate it eventually it's also hard to ignore what Baltimore defense coordinator whatever 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 that doesn't pertain to Bobby Slowick hearing Bobby Slowick's name starting to get head coaching buzz maybe he's a year away from being hired but who knows maybe he blows somebody away in the interview process probably could get interviews this offseason how does that make you feel from a Texans perspective well you know what you're right we did talk about this and we specifically talked about it when your head coach isn't an offensive-minded head coach it's it's even more worrisome because now even if the OC leaves, you're if you're an offensive minded head coach, now you can just find someone else to kind of fill in behind you, and everything should still be status quo. When you take a guy like Bobby Slowick because he's under D'Amico and D'Amico's a defensive minded head coach, we said, look, that's the one risk you're going to really have to be concerned with is if you do have a good offense and everything starts clicking and people notice, and, and, and you have a defensive minded head coach, if he leaves. Can you keep the system going with a coach that can do it the same type way? And that would be a concern of mine. Um, I think it might be the path of of the guy that we both really liked a a year ago in Ben Johnson in the fact that maybe this is just, hey, he's going to get a lot of looks and a lot of notice and a lot of accolades this year, but he's not going to get offered a job and it's going to be in everybody's best interest. But then in another year, if he continues to do what he's been able to do with Stroud in the offense – you got to believe if he wants to leave, someone's going to give him that opportunity. Yeah, I again, I, I want my offense coordinator to be involved in other teams' head coaching process. I want other teams to be interested in what we have going on here on both sides of the ball uh, because it means that you're doing something really good. It means that you're drawing the attention of another team. Like, man, I really like what Houston is doing, and that's a good problem to have. Uh, this Texans offense was atrocious last year, and look, C.J. Stroud's the biggest reason, not by Bobby Slowick, but the Texans this year are 12th in yards per game. That's a huge, huge improvement from where they were, and they're 15th in points per game, which, again, is a huge improvement from where they were. So I could see Slowick getting attention. I really want him to be here two years, though. Like, mm-hmm. two years to me is the good thing for Stroud. Then you you move on. If Slowick becomes a head coach somewhere, I personally want somebody under the Shanahan tree at all times. 
Um, like on this staff, is there people that are would be options? Maybe. Uh, but I'm cool if Slowick gets a head coaching job, but I'm really keeping my fingers crossed it's next offseason, not this offseason. The other thing, too, Jeremy, on that point is maybe right now you're grooming someone, anybody that, you know, someone under him already, your quarterback's coach or other coaches that are following every, you know, in lockstep with what he's doing. They're on board and understanding and learning from what he's, you know, the, the playbook, what plays he's calling, how he runs that Shanahan offense to where. I use, it, it's it's apples and oranges a little bit, but when you look at that Shanahan tree, but you look from the defensive perspective, you'd like to have, well, Sala was running the defense. Sala got the head coaching job. D'Amico fills in from the linebackers coach. He takes over the defensive coordinator job, and now he's the next guy ready to go. From a, uh, from a play-calling standpoint, if the guys on Slowick's staff get two years to learn and understand and get a feel for what he does, maybe you're already internally grooming somebody so that they can be the guy that could be the heir apparent if Slowick does leave. Yeah, like, from a long-term perspective, I don't know if I love that. I think Gerard Johnson's going to be really good someday as a play caller. I think he's going to be really good as a head coach. I, I want somebody who's been groomed by Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I want somebody from the Shanahan tree. I feel like that's winning football. You look at all these great offenses around the NFL, McDaniel in Miami. You know, Shanahan's still doing some really good things in San Francisco. Uh, who are some other LaFleur. names? I mean, LaFleur is the name. This year, not so much, but in the past. Both LaFleur. Sure, Slowick, absolutely. Um, like, I think that the best offense going in the NFL is the San Francisco way. And we're seeing how much of an impact it's here it's having here with a rookie quarterback and really a patchwork offense. Like mm-hmm. these receivers, okay, you got a, an older player, you got a young player who has never done much, and then you have a rookie that are kind of leading the charge. The offensive line's been patchwork. I don't think you have a very good running back, especially not a very good running back that fits this scheme. I think single I think Pierce is more talented than Singletary. I think Singletary's a better fit than Pierce. I don't think Singletary's a top twenty running back, and I don't think Pierce is a top twenty running back in this scheme. Yet Bobby Slowick has this offense playing above average in the NFL. So Give me somebody from that Shanahan tree going forward. Is two years long enough to groom somebody on this staff? I hope so. I would. I would. I would be a little worried about it. Like to be truthful, but I. I would hope so. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that it's Gerard Johnson necessarily, and I'm not going to you know tell you that there's someone else on the staff that it doesn't necessarily have to be the quarterbacks coach. Though obviously, because of the the position he's coaching how important that 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 position plays within the offense that's the first natural progression and you've seen it with so many different guys mm-hmm. even under the Shanahan tree I don't know who that coach would be if it's not Gerard Johnson but you just kind of hope that there's another Shanahan groomed coach on the staff that D'Amico was able to pluck when he got the job that might be a guy that might be in line to do something like that or maybe better yet you've got a guy in San Francisco that was somewhere on their staff that has been still learning continuously under Shanahan, that might be a guy that would be someone that could step into that role to some degree. My pipe dream, I think, has been eliminated, though, because I wanted I wanted Slowick to be here two, three years, do good things, do good things to the point where he's hired by another NFL team to be the head coach. But in this time, Mike McDaniel had been fired. So mm. Mike McDaniel can be the offensive coordinator for the Texans. But I think Mike McDaniel, with the job that he's doing this year, has bought himself at least five years in Miami. There's yeah. other names, though, that like might be out there. Not as good as Mike McDaniel. No, but I, I'm, I, would, I don't know how you'll feel about this, Joel. But well, he's, he's going to be out there, I think, Matt soon. Matt LaFleur is yeah. going to be available soon. I don't hate it. Like I, That's one name that like right away, it's like, well, I don't you think might, he's going to be long for Green Bay. So. Why? He's, he's, he's highly run-oriented. Well, that that's, that system is. It is, but you know what? He doesn't want a lot of the – I don't think he wants to pass it as much as even Sloak's doing here, and he's caught a lot of ire of 
everyone in Green Bay this year. He didn't have a choice, though. Like, did they have to run with that offense? Jordan Love's awful. I told y'all he was going to be awful. There's right. a lot of people that thought that he was going to be this guy that's just been held back. That was going to be, you know, right? Uh, but you're, I mean, that's kind of both. That's kind of both ways, though. Like, don't you think Green Bay has to run with their personnel? Like, how can you? How can I? Just don't understand how you're like a coach is catching grief whenever his best offensive players are by far his running backs and his quarterback stinks. They didn't. Th- they don't speak like he stinks. They don't. They they haven't acted all year like he stinks. It's just on the field he stinks and. And I just, you know, it's such a, a a vast difference from what you had when you had Rodgers. And you knew it just kind of spelled everything out, that Rodgers was basically calling every single play. And now it's it's more highlighted that maybe Matt LaFleur calling plays and, the, and, and running the offense isn't ideal like a Kyle Shanahan, like other guys under the system. I don't know. Maybe he would change with the personnel. You're right. It, it's a possibility. And if you got a better quarterback, you should. Todd Callis, TV voice of the Houston Astros. He'll join us next. Lots of things to cover. Dusty retiring, Astros season coming to a close. Our conversation with Todd Callis next. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.